<clears throat> All right, we're live, ready and ready to roll. All right, everybody, welcome to Love Rice. This is a place where we talk about all things betrayal trauma and what's going on in our worlds. And um, I'm Jenny Gessel, I am uh, a therapist intern. Soon to be switching that up soon uh, as I graduate, but um, I work down in Arizona. Thank you for the silent claps there. Um, I work in Arizona, um, and this is this is Dr. Skinner. He's the director at Out of Recovery, and we both love the Bloom organization, helping women heal and navigate betrayal trauma. And so today we have um, a topic that uh, you know we see a lot. I think in this in this kind of scenario where there's been some betrayal in the relationship, some mistrust. And that is, you know, how do we, how do we give, how do I want to frame this? How do we give reassurance and how do we give independence at the same time? Um, yet connection at the same time. So for example, let's say there's a couple that there's been some betrayal in there and one member of the couple, um, whether it's going to work, spending time with friends, um, getting away for a little bit, taking a break, doing life things, you know, going golfing, going shopping, whatever it might be, away from their partner. So it's the absence of the partner and it kind of creates this anxiety in the partner who's left behind, right? So there's this fear, there's this anxiety, and while the other partner goes off and maybe does some self-care, right? So maybe my self-care is I'm gonna go off and um, do something for myself for the day or spend time with friends. The other partner, is left scared, wondering, fearful, anxious. So how do we provide, you know, both safety and security for our partners, but also the independence that we need to develop ourselves? For me personally, I, I think there's a couple of things, right? The person who has done the betrayal uh, needs to consider that it's the responsibility on them is on them to earn the trust. Yeah. So, so if, if I'm the betrayer and I want to go do some self-care, right, which is, I, again, not I, both partners need some self-care to, to really rejuvenate, get some energy. And again, I'm not talking about week long or two week long. I'm, or I'm talking about we need daily habits that are healthy. So maybe it's a walk or maybe it's going to play basketball with some friends at the gym or, you know, going on a weekend uh, trip with your family, you know, whatever it is. But how then are you saying, do we reassure the person who is not there that, 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 that we're going to be um, keeping our commitments? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there's that anxiety, right? It's like we want to be together 24-7 so that we can make sure everything's happening and we're safe, right? But it's not real. We have to have time away. We have to go to work, go to the store, do things. I mean, even if it's just, even like, for example, something bigger would be a work trip. Someone's gonna go away for a work trip. Oh, right? Anxiety. Yeah. So in that context, I think it still boils back to the betraying spouse being consistent. And, and, and so you talked about trust in the beginning, which I think is really important, right? Mm -hmm. How do we rebuild trust? And that's something that I've considered over and over again as this, as this process that takes time. And specifically, as we work to build trust, we're looking at, have we done a disclosure? When we've talked about this in the past, mm -hmm. right? but, but mm -hmm. have I taken those steps? But then we look at more, 
I'm going to say granular type of behaviors. If I say I'm going to be home at six o'clock, am I home at six o'clock? Or if I'm on my way home, if I stop at the grocery store, am I stopping at a five minute, 10 minute grocery store stop? Or am I stopping and talking with somebody for 30 minutes or 40 minutes or 50 minutes and coming home two hours later, which is certainly going to be triggering to the betrayed mm -hmm. spouse. So part of it is that consistency of saying, here's where I'm at and being accountable for that time. Now, some people say, yeah, but I don't want to be monitored. But do you want to be married? Yeah, there's that balance, right? I don't want to be monitored and I don't want to be the monitor or I don't want to be the policeman. I don't want to be, you know, the one in charge. So, right. Being married, what does that side look like versus, and I like that you say, I've been thinking about this a lot because I think about it all the time too. Trust. It's like a unicorn. I always say, because it's like this mythical creature that sometimes appears and sometimes doesn't. And how do we really hang on to it? And I hear a lot of betrayed partners say something like, but I want to trust, but I want to give trust, right? And, and really, for me, when I hear that, it's not your job to give trust. And, and yet, at the same time, that concept of I want to is really saying, I want to move forward, I want to connect, I want to bond, but I don't know how, given whatever those circumstances are. I have so, a desire to connect with you but I'm really uncertain. Yeah, and I think we have to honor that part that's, that's fearful or holding back. And I think that that part needs a voice. What is my biggest fear here? What are you concerned about? Yeah, I mean, I think if I were the betrayed, I would say I'm concerned about you repeating past behaviors that were hurtful to me, hurtful to our family, hurtful to our trust, lying to me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm scared of the worst thing happening because you're on your own and I'm not there to see it, right? So there's a little bit of this feeling of like letting go a little, the surrender of it, which is difficult. So in that situation of what you just said, if I could role play with you that for yeah. a second, how mm -hmm. I would do that or how I would recommend a client do that, it makes sense to me that you are struggling because I hurt you and I betrayed you. So I understand if I am leaving that you're going to have those fears or you're going to have those concerns. So really in this way, and this is what I love this part of it because um, for me, this is like radical personal responsibility and truth. It's saying, Hey, person that I love and hurt, I hurt you. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, and I've done this and I want to be here for you now. And, and so I think that's step number one, but let's take it a step further. So if while I'm gone, if you want to talk, just send me a message. Or if you're feeling triggered, um, send me a message and I will try to be more attentive to my phone. So if you send a message, I can respond right back because I, I don't want you to feel fear. I want you to know that I'm available if you'd like to talk. If you want to FaceTime, we can FaceTime. All right? I, I'm not, I'm not going to be concerned about that part of it because I want you to know that I can be here. Now, it, obviously, if I'm away and I'm out of range or, or whatever it may be, then I would even communicate that. Hey, for the next couple hours, I'm going to be out of range. Just wanted to let you know this is where we're going, but um, I'll call you as soon as we get done. And, and some people say, why, why micromanage? Uh, this isn't micromanaging. This is the gift you give after betraying a spouse. And it says, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to work to earn your trust because trust is earned. Even in the business world, we don't just give carte blanche trust. We get to know people. We do a dance. 
and we date in this, so to speak, in this business, forming this business relationship. And when we trust each other, we form an alliance or an agreement or make a contract. This is no different than that. Yeah, it's just dip, kind of dipping our toe in a little bit, testing it, seeing if it is trustworthy. And I really love that it is, it is the betrayed partner's job to, and because you said, you know, if I feel triggered, I'll, I'll let you know because you're going to help me out. But I also want to put it out there. It's the betrayed partner's job to be proactive in reaching out, proactive in communicating schedule, communicating expectations. I'm going to the store. I'm at blah, blah, blah place. I'll be back in 30 minutes. I'll call you then because it is, it's crazy, right? Like you said, it's not micromanaging. It's rebuilding of trust. It's saying, Hey, on this base level, when I tell you I'm going to be somewhere, I'm actually really going to be there. On this base level, when you reach out to me and you feel afraid, I'm going to reach back to you and say, I know you're afraid. I know I hurt you. I know I did this to you. And I want to be here for you now. Which is contrasting to why do you always want to know where I'm at? Why does it matter? I mean, look, I, I, I just trust What's the big you know, deal? Or, right? And so, so I can have a heart that says, I acknowledge that that this is necessary it's necessary let's really pause that piece because i think in some ways this gets um this is not easy for the betrayer right it's not easy for the person who betrayed to slow down enough to say i hurt you i did this to you i have done this to you mm -hmm. i want to be here for you now, it's really hard to look at the mirror and say that to somebody and so it's a very powerful, I always think too, the betrayer in the relationship has so much more power for the healing than they realize. Yeah. And, and I think the way that they can do that is that heart that is softened. Mm -hmm. Soft, kind, empathetic, not defensive. My, not... Our natural instinct, our natural instinct is we don't want to be monitored. We want to be free, but, but freedom without boundaries does not a good marriage make, right? So boundaries, there's a purpose for it. Accountability. I mean, quite frankly, if you wanna know where I'm at, wanna see my phone, you want, I, those things, are, are, those are things. People, we care about people, we care about their feelings, we care about those experiences. That's ultimately what we're trying to create, is a relationship where you see me and I don't, I, don't, I mean, okay, here's my phone, I don't, I, right? Whatever it is, I'm not afraid. And if we can go to that place, then it says my heart is willing to do whatever it takes. And the reason why is because I, I care enough about this relationship and about you. I'll do what it takes to do my part to rebuild with you. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, say so, so let's go back to that scenario that we started with. Right, I am leaving or going to go do some self-care, going to go out for the day, going to go on a weekend trip, whatever it is. I still might ask the question, are there specific things that I can do while I'm away that would help you? This real gentle communication of, hey, I'm going to be gone. I recognize this is going to be hard for you. I see that it's painful for you. I see the struggle. How and what can I do for you? Just that conversation is so gentle and so empathetic. And, and furthermore, just, I, I mean, I just want to say, sorry, <laughs> I just want to say, I'm just thinking in an afterthought, just that conversation builds trust. Mm. Just saying, hey, I see you. 
I see this as hard. Just that kind of communication builds trust. And if we anticipated, hey, I know that me leaving could be a trigger, and, and I just want to acknowledge that, I want to be here, that type of sensitivity, I think you'd pick up most betrayed partners off the floor hearing that. Yeah. Because, because it's, it's literally, it's look, I know I'm going to be leaving. It could be triggering. I've thought through this. Here's some things that I've thought about. Are there things that you would find helpful while I was away? You know, this is good. Do you have anything on this topic? Because I kind of want to switch gears a little bit where I'm thinking, okay, there's the betrayers portion of this, right? The betrayer partner. And then there's the betrayed partners portion of this. How do I build up? myself enough so that I can trust myself, trust my gut, take care of myself, um, deal with my intense emotions, right? That roller coaster, um, you know, not numb out, not, you know, find that balance that is so hard inside ourselves to find. But once we master it, it's absolutely magic. But um, before that, it gets a little, a little difficult. I think that my answer to that, while it's not easy, is we look internally and say, what is it that I'm fearful of? What are my fears? Giving them a voice. I often find that trauma needs a voice. It does. And, and if I can't express it, it's, it's going to come out or manifest through my numbing out, through my escape, because I'm rescuing the hurt me or the fearful me by doing something like that. And that's, that's human behavior. When I need nurture, I'm going to turn to something that is uh, for comfort. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. So I need to stop and pause and reflect what, what, am, what's going on inside of me that I'm wanting to numb out, wanting to escape. And that self-awareness is really what we try to teach our clients in therapy. If you're, we're going to heal from betrayal trauma, regardless of whether the relationship is going to make it or not, I still have to find my internal place of peace. That, that for, for a healthy life, I'm not going to let this relationship dictate my overall well-being. That's a concept I try to get across to all of my clients. I don't know whether your relationship will make it, but I do know that if we deal with the PTSD symptoms, that we're much more likely to succeed moving forward with or without the relationship. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's like this feeling of being on someone else's roller coaster. You know, if you're, if you've got your feet in someone else's roller coaster and you're heading their ups and downs and you just feel out of control, once it's this, once you can step off of their roller coaster, find that internal place, you know, observation for me is one of the things I teach a lot. And like, you are most powerful when you are able to observe yourself. When you are able to slow down, check in, okay, I am terrified that he's leaving town. I am terrified that the things I've experienced are going to happen again. I feel that like scared, terrified feeling in my gut, but I'm going to slow it down. I'm going to just, like you said, give it a voice. I'm going to write about it. I'm going to have a friend. I'm going to talk to you about it all weekend long. I'm going to work on getting my anxiety out of my body, maybe just like shaking it out, moving, getting that nervousness out of my body. I'm going to have something I'm going to focus on. I'm going to have some way of, of dealing with this because I know it's going to be hard. This is like a concept I use sometimes. I talk about, you know, if you were going to climb Mount Everest, you don't just pop on to the mountain and start hiking, right? You've got to, you, like, this is the thing. I know he's leaving for the weekend. I know that's my Everest. So I got to get my guide, check the weather, acclimate to the air, you know, get my backpack ready, uh, prepare all the things that I know I'm going to need. 
you know, go into it feeling full and ready because we know it's going to be a hard couple of days or hour or whatever it is that, that the trigger is. Right. And let me just add to that. What you just described is actually what we would call forecasting. I forecast that this is going to be a hard thing for me. Now with that forecast, I can plan accordingly. I am going to talk with a friend and have a friend over. Maybe I'll have a girl's night over, you know, have some friends over and we'll have an evening party and a barbecue, right? But I'm intentionally planning what I'm going to do. I'm going to go play some tennis. I'm going to go to uh, get a massage, get a pedicure, manicure, manicure. What, what am I going to do? I'm going to do some self-care myself while we're apart. So I not only keep myself busy, but I also am taking care of self. So there's the internal voices and understanding those things, but there's also external behaviors that can help us during times like that. So we have healthy distractions rather than mind-numbing, fear-based, alone time, which gets me to the final point there, and that is social connection. My goodness, I would not want to spend that weekend alone or that time alone. You want connection. Right, even want if it's only an hour. No. Yeah. I have someone I can call. I have someone I can be like, Hey, I'm stressed out. I'm worried, you know, help me. <laughs> that just, just that voice alone can really relieve the anxiety. Cause can you imagine? I mean, I can, because I've been there and you probably have too in other ways, but it's like you sit there in that anxiety and you have nothing to do with it. That fear. And it just eats you. And, uh, you know, we, want to offer that we can really provide for ourselves in those difficult times, no matter what the outcome is going to be, right? Because we don't always know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, this is a difficult um, thing that I think we face a lot in the relationship repair. And even if there isn't a relationship repair, it's still, it still tangles its way into our recovery and our, our healing process. So I think this was a good topic. Other thoughts on that? Yeah, the only, only other thought or the, maybe the final thought I have today is when individuals uh, find themselves in that scenario, to not talk about it is also dangerous. I find that sometimes people say, oh yeah, go do your thing, and they're not true to their own fear. And so when they come back, it's, it's, it's a brewing fight problem while they, they don't discuss it. So a concern I have in a scenario like that is to say nothing. I see Be what you mean because now they're gone and I've, I've endorsed it because I'm strong or I'm tough or I don't want to be controlling or I don't want to be that person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When at the end of the day, you leaving, I find myself feeling a little bit of anxiousness. Yeah. And I just want to talk with you about some of the feelings I have and get your thoughts. Yeah. That's a really good point because there is that opposite spectrum. The part the those of us that are like, no, go do your thing. It's all good. It's great course you need to go do that but then inside you know we're not slowing down again and noticing i feel blech about this and then like you said it can brew it can come out sideways well, later on and then by the time they get home uh, it, it would just it's just it's just it's a breach <laughs> well i uh -huh. told you you could you told I me hate i hate your guts yeah it's confusing it's confusing it's difficult so that that real transparency and conversation that you know vulnerability the you know that ability to say i am terrified every time you're 10 minutes late coming home from work 
So sending the message we intend to send. Mm. And, and, and you can do that with value. You can do that with kindness. But, but to ignore your own voice, you're going to be frustrated at yourself. Yeah, it's a self-betrayal right there. Yeah. And that's really so important. I think that's another reason why I'm like, you know, observe yourself. Because when you can observe yourself, you can hear your own voice, feel what's going on, and recognize the real you. You know, because like you said, so many of us want to be strong or we have, uh, you know, stuff to do. So we're just going to do it and ignore it. Or, you know, I mean, there's a million different ways to respond that don't really check in with yourself. Right. Yeah. That was really nice. Just been on my mind a lot lately. I, you know, I've been working with more couples and, and, you know, I see that experience and it's real and it's, it's hard to get through. So it absolutely is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely is. Well, as always, Love Rice Nation, we, you know, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear your ideas. We, we need to hear from you. Uh, we want to know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. And so um, please reach out to us at. Hello, Bloom. Email again. Hello at bloomforwomen.com. Yeah. Is that right? Hello right. at bloomforwomen.com. Yep. All right. All right. Well, until next time, y'all. Um, I think I'm, I'm hoping we can all find some time to slow down a little bit and check in. Well, thank you, Jenny. It's always good. Okay. We'll see you next week. <laughs>